Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And uh, I've got some bad news. What's that? Unfortunately, Sam Bennett no longer leads the league in Corsi 4 percentage. He had a great run with a 91% in eight whole minutes of ice time. Well, almost eight whole minutes. Yeah, almost eight minutes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he has now dropped down uh, to to a to a pesky fourteenth in the league with a sixty four point two percent Corsi share in in what is now twenty minutes of ice time. Uh, really unfortunate for Bennett. It's 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 a shame he had he had his his day at the top, but uh, real really. Really interesting collapse there from Bennett down from 91% to just 64. Yeah, uh, it's very unfortunate to see him fall off so hard. And now we have to consider all <laughs> possible avenues to improve the team at that position. Uh, I say we trade for Leon Dreisaitl. Who's with me? Uh, I think we should trade for Connor McDavid. Um, all Who's that to me? say that Sam Bennett is back in the lineup and he is not injured anymore, which is good. Uh, did not injure himself in his second game of the season. Uh, Panthers are looking to get healthy. Uh, we are expecting Brandon Montour back at some point, probably within the next two weeks, I would say. Uh, Ekblad maybe a little bit longer, but probably before Christmas. Uh, and the Panthers are currently sitting second place in the Atlantic Division, uh, third in the Eastern Conference by points percentage, and seventh in the NHL by points percentage. Uh, so that whole ride out the storm until you get your your players back from injury uh, strategy has apparently been working pretty well. Yes, the Panthers, as you have illustrated pretty well, uh, have succeeded on the ice. Uh, the underlying numbers all suggest that it is sustainable. And who could have guessed that this would have been possible with the six guys that they're rolling out? every night who make less money than several of the blue liners make on their own in this, in this league, you know, Eric Carlson makes more money than the Panthers blue line does right now. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin makes more money than the Panthers blue line does right now. Brent, uh, no, not Brent Burns. Drew Dowdy makes more money than the I thought Panthers you were going to say Brent line. Seabrook for some reason. That would not be true. Despite the fact that he still does make some pretty good money. On, I think Tampa, I think technically Tampa, or maybe his contracts run out by now. I don't know for sure. I don't but think it has. The point is that everybody on the blue line has really been outplaying their current contract. And that's really something that's going to be a recipe for success, no matter what their contracts are generally. And, you know, you can only imagine that it's going to go up and up and up when Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad come back. You would hope so. But anything can happen. Um, yeah. The nice thing about it is now there's not necessarily that inclination that you mentioned McDavid. And let me go back to McDavid. There's certainly a rumor or two floating around that maybe McDavid wasn't fully ready to return, but decided that he was going to take a risk, maybe to play in the Heritage Classic maybe because the Oilers struggled so much to start the season and they didn't really get better when he came back. But, you know, who's to say whether or not that's the case? And if the team had any concerns that, you know, we might not be able to even make the playoffs if we can't get these guys out there soon enough, that's probably not a concern anymore. Now, of course, things could always just fall apart here. Like they could go on a 10 game losing streak and m render all of this null, but seems pretty unlikely given just how strong they are, underlying numbers. They have Bob playing at a league average, if not slightly better level. Yeah. And there's really no weak links. They've got guys that are having great seasons. They've got Reinhardt, 
They've got Barkov. They got Evan Rodriguez. I didn't even mention Matthew Kachuk until number four on this list. <laughs> and there are some guys that can still get going. There's Carter Verhage. There's the artist formerly known as Anton Lindell, who has been missing for about a year and a half. There's Itu Lusterainen, who was much better last year and hasn't been as good, but has still been pretty serviceable this year. Well, whatever. Look, he's been playing on the second line. He's been playing on the third line. Hasn't had that dedicated third line role. Uh, maybe against that third line competition, he'll be able to get going. And you have to imagine with Sam Bennett back that he's going to be facing third line competition much more frequently here. And, uh, you know, you can also factor in the fact that he's going to be receiving passes from Brandon Montour pretty soon. And he's going to have the support of Aaron Ekblad a little bit after that. And then when this team is fully healthy, when they've already been clicking the way they have without being fully healthy, you have to be pretty happy. The Panthers have used 14 different line combinations already this year. I also think it's funny that the second and third highest TOI lines have been, are, are just Kachuk Verhage with a different center. Right. And those, that being Lundell and Atu, yeah. Because they've kept Reinhardt, Barkov, Rodriguez together for pretty much the whole year. As and you not? should. <laughs> and um, yeah, why not? Why not? Speaking of Connor McDavid and the Oilers' struggles, uh, it does pave the way so far this season uh, for us to get a year where someone not named Connor McDavid wins the heart. And there's a very real chance that Sasha Barkov is a part of that conversation. Yeah, I would I would pump the brakes on saying like he's in the conversation, blah, 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 the way that Kachuk was last year. But I mean, yeah, like this is that's like step one in the path that it has to be an off year for McDavid. And there's no doubt that it's going to be an off year for McDavid. Well, or it has been so far. And uh, Sasha Barkov right now, 51st tied for 45th, really in uh, points right now with guys like Travis Sanheim, like Jesus, he has 14 points. Joel Erickson, Eck, Jaden Schwartz, Chris Kreider, Tyler Toffoli, Anse Kopitar. Okay. Those are great players. Kevin Fiala also. <laughs> Cole Caulfield. Uh, some guys like Mason, Mason McTavish. Ma- Why can't I speak? Mason, Mason McTavish. McTavish. You're listening Mason to McTavish. Mason McTavish. McTavish on uh, the Anaheim Ducks. He's got 15 points. Robert Thomas, 15 points. Brandon Hagel, 15 points. Frank Vitrano, 15 points. At the very least, um, I would say, I, I think because a lot of people expected the Panthers to start a lot more slowly than they did, people are probably paying a little bit closer attention than they otherwise would have if with a Panthers second place start. Mm-hmm. Wow, William Carlson leads the league in five on five points. Um, uh, that's wild. You know, last year, Carlson led the league in five on five points, but it wasn't William. Nice. Sam Reinhart, seventh in the league in all points, all situation points. That's right. Yeah. Tied for seventh with a man named David Posternock. And if you could tell me that Sam Reinhart would roughly have the same level of impact as David Posternock, I'd take that all day long. I would also take that because hey, maybe we can use David Pasternak's contract in discussions. Oh, wait, never mind. He's making $11 million now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it better when he was making like $6.5 million and everyone yeah. was like, David Pasternak's such a team-friendly guy. He, yeah, he, he knew think, he was worth more. I think he took the the devil number bridge contract three times... 6.66 or something. Was it only three lines. years? I feel like he was making that money for like ever. If I'm wrong about no, that, this. Yeah, that was that was a six-year deal. It was a six-year deal for 6.66. Yeah, that's why it was so incredible. It was a long-term yeah, a... deal at six at $6.6 million for a player you knew was going to be like a consistently elite goal scorer. It sounds a lot like a six times 5.9, if you know what I'm saying. I do, because that was Barkov's deal. And Huberdos. Yeah, but we don't care. Um, <laughs> He's gone. Rest in peace. Uh, at the very least, I would say Barkov is probably the early season favorite for the Selkie again. Uh, Based on what? Just out of curiosity? Reputation, because the Selkie is a reputation-based award, typically. Okay. Uh, reputation, So who would be the reputation 
contenders, but after you're done making your case. Uh, he has a very good face-off percentage so far this year. I mean, these are all things that we've heard the voters say are important for the Selkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's having great defensive impact so far this year. Yes. Like, his his five-on-five shot differential is insane. He's 12th in the league in shots for percentage, 116 to 72. And that's with a, a decent sample size at this point in the year. And he has, I, I mean, the players above him in that regard are all not players who are going to get Selkie consideration for the most part. Uh, a couple of them might. Logan O'Connor, Connor Brown, Michael McLeod, Eric Gustafson. I guess I should remove defensemen from this list if I'm talking about the Selkie. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. No, I don't want to filter for only defensemen. I want to filter out defensemen. Are you using? I can probably uh, take it one step forward and just look at centers because let's be real, Tevu Teravainen is not winning the Selkie. Um, if only. I know, poor guy. Yeah. So among centers, Barkov is 14th in the league in Corsi four percentage. Barkov sixth in the league in shots four percentage. Jesus. Third in the league in goals for percentage. This is filtered to 50, 50 minutes, by the way. At five the top five. seven players or forwards, I guess I should say, in the league for XG percentage. Here are their teams. Dallas, Carolina, Dallas, Carolina, Carolina, Dallas, Dallas. But yeah, so his his like the players who are above Barkov in a lot of these metrics, most notably Corsi shots and goals. Uh are not players for the most part who are going to get serious selkie consideration. They don't frankly they it's a matter of they don't have the reputation of being strong defensive players with I would say two exceptions on the players above Barkov and Corsi for percentage those being Jordan Stahl and Adam Lowry. Yeah, so Jordan Stahl is definitely a legitimate contender if we're going by like reputation. Yeah. So uh, that's a guy that uh, you can throw in that conversation right now. And I guess Leon Dreisaitl, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. No chance Dreisaitl gets selkie consideration. Probably not. Quite simply, he doesn't have the reputation. And he doesn't deserve it also. Right. If you Uh, watch the film. but The uh, only players above Barkov in goals for percentage, Oscar Steen and Ridley Grieg. Neither of them are winning the selkie. You don't think Ridley Grieg is winning the Selkie? I, I really don't. What makes you say that? It's Ridley Grieg is what makes me say that. You fool. You fool. You I suppose. So. so point being that like, his, so his five on five goal differential so far this season is 15 to three. Like it's nuts. Yes. So if that, if that pace keeps up, he's got the reputation. He's having a good year. If he can stay healthy and put up a 90-point season, which it's Barkov, if he plays 82 games, he's probably good for 90 points at least. This is a Selkie year for Barkov so far, hands down. I can't disagree with you, but we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes, and maybe somebody will get the, you know, it's his time kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, the chatter, like uh, like, like remember Drew Doughty. Who is there that... It's his time. Yeah, Jordan Stahl, I don't believe he ever won the Selkie. And, like, it would be weird if he retired without ever having won it. But at the same time, like, he, uh, no no time for sentimentality in this league. You know, uh, he was a finalist That's in not 2010 true. for the Selkie. Look, I don't have time for it. If I, was a, if I was a voter, I would just vote McDavid for the heart every year. I wouldn't even look at anything else. McDavid, number one. Let's see who's <laughs> number two. Uh, yeah, the the only other player that I can really think of who would be uh, kind of a legacy contender, and I, by legacy I mean just like a guy who has the reputation that he has, mm-hmm. maybe has been in the conversation a couple of times but has never won it, would be Elias Lindholm. But the Flames are just uh, so bad right now that I just yeah, don't no. see that happening. Also, like, doesn't really deserve the reputation either. Like. He's fine, you know. He's on that like Bo Horvat level of like. He had a couple years two... in there where like he was good defensively. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that he's not 
good defensively. Is he in the Barkov tier? No, absolutely not. Yeah, but there was one year specifically. It might have been the year Barkov won his that like Lindholm maybe should have. I I I would say that Jordan Stahl is in the Barkov territory in terms of defensive ability. Yes, he's he's an elite, elite, elite defender at the forward position, at the center position, for sure. He just never puts up the numbers. And I mean, look, if, if you have the kind of defensive impact that he can have, it's OK. Like right. he he shut down the Bruins top line in the four games that the Bruins played in Carolina round one, 2021. The seven game series that Carolina beat Boston in. And it showed that home ice advantage was so huge for them in that series because they were able to throw out stall against the perfection line, quote unquote. <laughs> and that didn't look they so were not perfect. so perfect. No, they didn't. Uh, so I think that's enough talking about Jordan Stahl. Barkov's in contention for the Selkie. There's no question about that. He should be the Selkie favorite, frankly. I can't disagree with you. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, though. It is it is very early. I wouldn't say it's really like that early in the season anymore. We're we're the first fifteen the games 10, in or so. Yeah, I mean, we're we're beyond the first ten percent of the season, and that's that's when sample sizes really start being significant. Yeah, I, I guess change, that, but yeah, I I kind of doubt that they will, but maybe it will just come to the forefront that well, like Jordan Stahl's defensive like numbers are no longer kind of like oh small sample size ha 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 like he's having a one xg against per 60 season on ice and like yeah that'll get you the selfie jordan Stahl is having a slightly better season than barkov defensively Mm -hmm. but it's not just the forward who plays the best defense it's basically the best two-way forward barkov's offensive impacts are worlds better than jordan Stahl's right now yep and that's no offense to Jordan Stahl. It's just that. Barkov no, it's it's offense to Jordan Stahl. His offensive impacts no. are currently negative. No, but the Barkov is <laughs> Barkov is an elite player. Like you're. I know. Barkov, I just feel like shitting on on Carolina because the Panthers have done a really good job of that over the last. Let's let's talk about seasons. that. That's a good point. Uh, so now the Panthers are. I'm a transition have won five in a row <laughs> against the Hurricanes. Uh, coming away with yet another win against them on Friday and like wire to wire, very impressive performance. Like we, t- yeah. I talked about it earlier. This is not a team that is typically beaten on the stat sheet. Sometimes you can beat them by having better shooting talent, having better goaltending. And that's not what happened in this game. You could certainly make an argument that the shooting talent played a part, but I just think that wire to wire each end of the ice, they were the better team all night and it showed. And it was really satisfying to see that after when we were discussing the win against the Capitals, we were saying, okay, they might have won two of these games, but that's three pretty meh performances in a row. One being an embarrassing loss to a, you know, a bad team. Like, let's be frank, the Blackhawks are a bad team, yeah. even though they have some very good talent. And, like Connor Bedard and yeah. also other people. And uh, the third period was really the time of the game where they uh, put their foot down, although it was a little bit at the end of the second period too. kind of about the let's see, what's that? The four, the 35 minute mark, 36 minute mark. That's where things really started to turn. And they got a great chance from Verhage just missed. I think there was that weird like shot that came off the end of his stick, probably. Yeah, he missed the net wide on that one. I was really disappointed. And uh, Carolina comes into the third period down three to two, I believe. And let me see, because it, it seems like they registered a pathetic amount of XG, but let me see if I can get an exact amount. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if they even had 0.1 XG in the third period, according to Money Puck. It was a shutdown period. Yeah, and they, they shut it down. <laughs> and the Panthers XG in that third period was also very good. I don't remember who it was. Uh, who said it? I, I feel like it was Matthew Kachuk. I don't think it was Paul Maurice, but someone made a comment about not defending the lead. I don't. I I wish I remember the exact uh, the exact quote, 
I'm almost certain it was Kachuk, uh, but whoever it was was basically like, yeah, we're not just going to like sit back and defend this. We're going to keep attacking. And it made me so happy. Like ever, everywhere on, on the stat sheet, the Panthers outplayed them in the third period and they ended up doubling them in high danger chances, 12 to six, more scoring chances, more That's shots. How on you goal. win. That's right. That That's is right. how you win games. The worst That's way to defend a lead is to defend the lead. The best way to yes. defend a lead is to keep attacking. When you play prevent defense, you prevent yourself from winning. Right. You don't sit back and let hard. them come to you. Guys, parenting is hard. We weren't going to call any attention to the fact that I like even off the top, I introduced all three of us. <laughs> I wasn't going to call any attention. My thought was Alex will join when he joins. The listeners probably won't even notice that he hasn't said anything until he says something. False, because they know I talk way too much. I don't think so. There's only one person that talks way too much on this show. And it's all of us. We all talk too much. Our episodes are way too long. No, they're not. <laughs> Dude, but yeah, but, but just to give you guys a little inside baseball, you guys listening. We agreed to start recording in like five minutes. I was like, yeah, ready to go, ready to go. Literally, right as we're about to log on, six-month-old wakes up, starts screaming, wife's taking a shower. So had to miss the first part of the podcast. That's life, you know? Matthew Kachuk also plus three in the Hurricanes game. So he still owns the Hurricanes. So they get confirmed. Yeah, of course. And just to expand on uh, on a point you made, TJ, the Hurricanes had 16 uh, shot attempts in the third period. Mm-hmm. Nine Fenwick, seven shots. Yeah. So great job by the Panthers to get their asses in the in those lanes. And by the way, usually in a third period of a trailing game, there are these things called score effects, or there's this thing called score effects, where the team that's behind sees an inflated uh, an inflation in some of their uh, shot metrics because they're just shooting from less specific locations. And the team leading is usually turtling. Right. Not so. The third period was the Panthers' most dominant period. They were 40% in the first period by uh, Corsi 4. They were 40% in the first period, 42% in the second, 53 in the third. It was their most dominant period. That's how you win a hockey game. Yes. And yeah, also, no, hot, a cry you yourselves to sleep, smart. Hurricanes fans. You can't play smartly with a lead. Like, if you're up 2 nothing, like, your D shouldn't be pinching and taking chances to try and make it a 3 nothing lead. But you should still run your offense. I disagree. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be doing something that can p- potentially give up a you know, neutral zone turnover or an odd man rush. But, like, you don't just gain the red line and dump it in and play defense. It's 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 always the risk reward matrix. Now you're not going to necessarily be doing the Keith Yandel stretch pass when you're up three to two in the third period, but you might still try to get up in the rush if you're a Josh Mahura or if you're an Uvis Belinskis as he scored a, a goal in this game by doing just that. It's it's it can be a smart play at a, at a good time. It can help you keep possession. It can help the opponent yes. from you know, turning it the other way and applying pressure to your goalie yeah. who might be getting tired, et cetera, et cetera. We know Bob loses like 15 pounds a game. So you don't want him to uh, have to face more shots when he has less thing. less uh, body to block them with. Um, and uh, a term that I used when we were talking about the Blackhawks game was one of 82. And that was the significance that I gave to that game. All it is is just an opportunity to pick up points in the 82-game regular season. It has no greater significance. I feel differently about the Carolina game because that's a team that you could potentially be going up against in the playoffs again. And (laughs) you showed yourself to be capable of rising to that challenge again. Honestly, it's more of a team you're going to be battling for playoff position or if things aren't going well, maybe a playoff spot. Um, you want to? Yeah, get I kind of doubt though. I kind of doubt. Yeah, it. You, you're right, but 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 like conference slash division foes, those points matter a lot more. Yes, yeah, do you, but that's the whole point. Yeah. Do you want to drop two points to a team that's going to expected to finish bottom five in the NHL? No, but 
you know, have an effort in a game you should lose on the second night of a back-to-back on the road, and you get those two points back. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to look into it too much as to say, like, oh, this actually would matter more from a mental standpoint in the playoffs than having an actual two-goal lead in game one of a hypothetical series against the Hurricanes would be. I mean, the way that this sport works, everything is playoff-oriented. You can win five games in a row, and it won't matter as much as scoring one goal in the playoffs. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But we're still following the regular season. Like, we're here. We got to have – we got to attribute some significance to it. Otherwise, like, why would we pay attention? Like, if we wanted to be complete consequentialists, weird train of thought. If we wanted to be complete consequentialists, we could just, I guess we kind of are every time they lose a game because we could just say, shrug, like, just win in the playoffs. It's not, you know, they never hand out the cup in November, you know. But I mean, you playoffs. Panthers still got to make the playoffs, but they're looking good considering they're looking good. Yeah. They're, they're getting two guys back right. and they're still comfortably in a playoff position. But you know. like we said earlier, they're second place in the division at the time where the goal was weather the storm until you're healthy. Yeah. They're yeah, about to be healthy. And instead, they're at 100. Uh, so, pivoting to the Blackhawks game, I really don't have much to say about this other than. It was a very impressive performance, and it would have been a pretty commanding win if it were not for the guy named Connor Bedard on the other team, who is he's just good. He's unbelievable. So good. Jesus he's... Christ! That I think Kevin Stenson had to had to turn off his phone after the game yeah. on Sunday. I mean, I'm not going to take a lot of shots at Kevin Stenson, but like that was a piss poor play by Kevin Stenson. Like, yeah, just throw it behind the net. <laughs> Yeah, like get it. Like you're in a bad position. Get it off your stick. Get it behind the net, and recover. But, but Dar to strip and shoot the puck basically in one motion, like that was incredible. Now Bob, I don't think played that well. Like you don't poke check. Uh, uh, you don't stick your stick out for a poke check on a guy that far away. But at the same time, he was so caught off guard by the turnover. I get it. Oh, absolutely. I didn't think about Bob in that moment at all. Honestly. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, that was a already elite player, soon to be one of the best in the NHL, making a fabulous play. And we're going to see a lot more of that over the next 15 years. It was really the Panthers against Connor Bedard in this game. He had it, two it of the three Blackhawks goals. Yeah. I can't remember. I think the other one was just like a funky bounce. They, they had a good setup, but yeah, they got a, a fluky bounce to get it into the net. And then, yeah, and then Bedard on the other two. But like that, yeah. that, that should have been a 4 1, 5 1 game. And um, poor their Soderblom or whatever his name is had a strong game for you know what he did. And so um, Bedard went Bedard. Yeah, he kept them in it. And uh, Bedard made it interesting. In the end, Sam Reinhardt and company, too too much to hold up against for the Blackhawks. I love the Connor Sam Bedard Reinhardt. show. Um, transitioning from the Blackhawks to, I guess we, we kind of have to talk about another former Blackhawk in Patrick Kane because there's just still more smoke that the Panthers are heavily involved in this. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't listened to the 32 Thoughts episode that came out on Monday, Elliot Friedman made it sound like Elliot Friedman made it sound like that Bill Zito's blowing up Patrick Kane's phone to the point where like he might have notifications muted on Bill Zito because I I just don't know if he wants to be talking to him every hour of every day. It, it basically the point is that Bill Zito's really eager to sign Patrick Kane, really eager to the to the extent that nobody else he's saying is. Now maybe yeah. there's somebody that's just like on the DL kind of like getting in those DMs. But Elliot Friedman seems pretty confident that the most enthusiastic general manager about signing Patrick Kane is Bill Zito. Well, well, let's let's go over there for a second because, I mean, we know Buffalo's interested and Buffalo's apparently willing to offer term and money. But Bill Zito, the only thing he has to offer is basically a one-year, $1 million deal. So if oh, you're okay. going to get Patrick Kane – you got to go with the hard, hard sell. Now, whether we, I mean, we can talk about it again if we think going after Patrick Kane makes sense. But if you've decided, I want Patrick Kane on the Florida Panthers, 
the only way you're going to do it is with the hard recruiting pitch because you don't have the money. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to get Patrick Kane and that's the way they're going to get him, like, I really don't know how much of a conversation there is to be had about, like, should they do it? Should they not do it? Because, yeah, you take Patrick Kane on that kind of contract, and if it doesn't work, you just do with him what you did with Yandel in the 2021 playoffs. You just tell him, thanks for coming. You did a great job in the regular season, but uh, we think that it's best for these other guys to go to war in the playoffs. Now, there's an argument to be made that like he'll hinder them, but because of his name brand value that they won't actually bench him. And like I guess, but I, I think they can minimize any kind of negative impact that he would have. The conversation becomes more interesting to me if you're talking about dumping salary to sign him for maybe the same kind of money that Buffalo was rumored to be offering him. I don't know if that's true, by the way. I think that um, it better not Chad, be Chad. No, I'm talking about Buffalo. I'm talking about Buffalo. Um, no, for not, anyone. I guess. I mean, look, if, that, if somebody wants to give Patrick Kane a bunch of money, I guess it really doesn't matter to me. It Okay. Yes, it shouldn't. If any, any GM who gives 34 year old, almost 35 year old, Post hip surgery, Patrick Kane term hip shaving surgery. That's a fireable Ooh. offense. Yeah, that that like that screams. My career is over. Yeah, it's look, anyone who offers down. him term deserves to be fired. Let, let's go down the list of players who had this kind of surgery and how long their careers lasted after. Backstrom, he's on LTIR. He made it like half a season nine games. Back. Not even nine games. Well, well, didn't he play a little bit last year too? I thought that he had the surgery last year. My bad. Well, he had Maybe the surgery last year. I think he came back. But either way, he's back on LTIR. He was a shell for his former self. Ed Jovanovsky, even though he was already slow as hell, like he went from slow as hell to like, you can't be on the ice at all and made it like half a season. And the Panthers shut him down and then cut him the, in the off season. Um, Luongo had the surgery and – it, I mean, Luongo made it to the end of his career, but, like, that last year, he was not the same player. No. Um, like, this is this is a surgery that's very difficult to come back from. It happens to older players. You are gambling a ton, if you, especially if you get Patrick Kane turned. Because remember, he's over 35, so you cannot buy it out. Buy that out. But Well, LCI he's not over 35 yet. He will I don't, be I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't know the rules about that because if he signs at thirty-four, does it, it still doesn't count. count? It doesn't count. There's no clause. I think it's like a the July first thing. Thirty-five by that or during that season. No, it's it's when you sign the contract because like Luongo, they could have bought Luongo out. Then whoever signs him better do it within the next six days because Patrick okay, Kane's thirty-fifth birthday not- next week. That's not a good example because Luongo didn't sign a contract anywhere near his 35th birthday. We're talking about like, when does it apply if you're signing a contract? If you're 34 going on 35, you know. My guess would be beginning of the season. Yeah, if Patrick Kane signs today, does it still count as a 35, as an over 35 contract? No, I I would guess it's the July 1st date. I'm sure that there's. So uh, if he signs a week from today. It still won't be an over thirty-five contract, even though he'll. That's be my guess, but I don't know. I think it's not going to be over thirty-five, even if he signs in three weeks. Because... I guess, yeah, because I guess that rule is probably written as like July first. Yeah, guess. starting if you start the season at thirty-five years old, that's probably yeah. You're right. You're probably right. Um. So, like at, at that point, I feel like it's too much risk, and we saw him with the Rangers last year. The highlight was like the highlight package was not very long. You know, they gave up basically nothing to try to get him. So I don't really think it was a mistake, but we kind of saw that it's really not worth it to, you know, the decline was real part of your team last year. And now he's injured there. There's, there's certainly, um, there's certainly a world that Patrick King comes back and has an impact. Yeah. Are we ever going to get art Ross? Are we ever going to get um, Con Smythe, Hart Trophy, Patrick Kane again? Absolutely not. Those days are long gone. 
and people should not mistake what's going to happen now with uh, that Patrick Kane, even if he's not as old as some of the elite players in the league were when they started their precipitous decline. Hip injuries are just different. I'm going to slightly disagree with you, and I'm going to bring it up this way. You were that definitive about Oliver ekman Larson, and he looks pretty damn good. Well, Oliver ekman Larson is like 31. Yeah, and but also he, he did not washed. have a hip injury. I didn't think that he – I just thought that he sucked, man, to be frank. I didn't think it was injury, age-related. I just thought he – I mean, it was injury, age-related, but not in the in the same way that Kane's stuff is because there was no doubt Kane was an elite player. OEL, like, we we only really looked at the analytics. Let's be honest. He was a Coyote. So people didn't really know how good he ever was when he was a Coyote. Because Oh, that's why I watching. looked back to when the Coyotes were good. And you, Because, you shocker, at, OEL was good. I mean, the numbers were good. We can say that definitively the numbers were good. Does Do we know how to put them in context properly? I don't, because I don't know anything about the Canucks from back then, other than, like, they had Yandel and... Maybe Mike Smith. I remember Mike Smith scored a goal for the Coyotes. I do remember that. That was sweet. Yeah, OEL has definitely been very good. I have to eat crow on that one. Let's hope that he keeps it up. My prediction was that he would be like really good offensively right up until Montour came back. And then he would be like pretty good in a third pairing role. But by the time the playoffs ran around, Basically, he would just repeat the Keith Yandel 2021 season where he started the first half of the year and like he was a top two power play quarterback in the league and just so bad five on five by the end of the year that he wasn't even playing. I don't think that's even going to happen anymore. He just looks competent out there every night. No, yeah, he's, he looks good. Like he. You're, he's, it's honestly to the point of do you keep him on the top power play when Montour comes back? I think so. We'll have that Let, conversation when he actually comes yeah. back, but I, yeah. I just wanted to throw that I out. I think so, too. So we're in agreement. Um, I've already made it well known what I what I think the Panthers should do with their power play when, when everyone's healthy. TJ disagrees with me for some weird reason. But Montour, not about OEL. Montour, Ekblad... Uh, oh, no, yeah. no, no, bark off at the point, Ekblad in front of the net. <laughs> or, no, finally, do what uh, Jack Han said put him at the bumper, Ekblad at the net. I think he said Ekblad at the net. No, he said Ekblad behind the net. Excuse me. No, I think he said in front of the net. No, he said behind the net. He's behind the net. You you need Reinhardt. You need Reinhardt in front of the net, and also Kachuk. I mean, you don't need both of them in front of the net. You we, this team is usually put Reinhardt bumper and Kachuk right in front. I mean, Kachuk is fed Reinhardt. Reinhardt's tip goal against Chicago. Oh, of course, man. but he can do that in the bumper. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the the puck comes to the point. There's no way for him to receive a pass there, so he can just sag towards the goalie. True. Get that tip. Just the tip. All right. What's California next? road trip coming up. Anybody want to say anything about that in particular? Um, I can't wait to lose to San Jose. Thank God, God like no. they aren't going to be the first or second team to lose to San Jose. Edmonton like really took care of any potential like novelty in getting beat by San I'm, Jose. I'm yeah, convinced that it's that point. loss that got uh, Woodcroft fired. Oh, totally. There's no it question. Was. I mean, he even said it. Like you could, you saw him mouth it after the game when he's walking off the ice, and it's like, yeah, that hey, hey who's going to assist? That's probably it, right? And the assistant went, "Yep." I did not notice that. Yeah, uh, was that uh, was that Dave Manson? Is that his name? Who um, also lost his job. Yep, Josh Manson's um, dad. Oh, no, really? Notice how yeah, Edmonton yeah. waited until they got home from the road trip, so they did not have a gallant taxi cab situation, which yeah. is also funny. Because Edmonton had a real nice win the next game. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got home and Woodcroft still got fired. And then they were like, who's heard of Connor McDavid? And Chris Knobloch was like, I coached him in juniors. And Ken Holland was like, deal. You're hired. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's as simple as that. Elliot Friedman certainly made a convincing no. case that of course, Steos... yeah, of of course, it's never gonna be like no. I don't know this league. It well, often is. What I'm trying to say to you is, of course, it's never gonna be reported that it was just like, how can we make Connor McDavid happy? Especially okay, but like maybe he doesn't have a good upset. case. Like. I, I, I think that Friedman very well could have come on the podcast and said, well, you know, if you look at his junior record and like the, he didn't really have that much talent in Hartford, rather than saying like, yes, Steos and some other guys in the Oilers brass have been close with him and watching him for years and years and like have known to have been admirers of him, blah, blah, blah. I hope that Edmonton trades for Alex Debrinkat. I don't think that he's leaving Detroit. I don't think yeah. there's a chance of in hell of that. But I yeah. hope that, that that does happen. Or, nah, never mind. They should trade say, for Dylan Strom. How about that? Or, or oh, you know what? That's true. Dylan was also in Erie at the time. He's got to be available. I mean, the Caps are... <laughs> you know what? Actually, I think the Caps have done pretty well recently. I might yeah, be... they turned it around. Like the, the loss to the Panthers the other last week was like one of their few losses in the last like six games. Washington's in a playoff spot. Yeah, like wow, uh, and Ovechkin's got here. like what three goals? Yeah, Ovechkin's Ovi, not really doing anything. Yeah, Ovi looks washed. Oh, totally, which is totally. so sad. Yeah, I mean, it's not sad because fuck Putin sympathists and apologizers, but like, I yeah, but like it was I want fun to theorize about Ovi breaking the goals record, and at this rate, he's not going to get there. Well, it wasn't a theory; like it was going to happen, and it was going to happen either this year yeah. or next, or next year, I think it was. Yeah, next year. Yeah. It was, I, it, yeah, I don't think it was ever going to happen this year. It was no. yeah, it was next year. It was next year. He's like eighty after. goals away, so it was never happening. Right, but like it was going to happen. It was a shoe in, and now it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> did, might not oh, get there. Did he get space jammed? Like, I know that's the second episode in a row. You know what? Sam Reinhardt space jammed Ovi. He didn't space jam Verhage. He space jammed. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's 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 just kind of one of those things that got old. Like, and let's be honest. Oh, he doesn't train in the offseason. That dude's drinking vodka sitting, sitting on his couch. Ovechkin and that's has the four goals it finally so got far to him. this year. Okay. Yeah, that's that's not going to get it done. Like no. if, 25 goal pace, which like it's so crazy. If you ever need like confirmation about Alex Ovechkin's legacy, we're sitting here talking about how a 38-year-old or however old he is, um, how old is he? Oh, he is 38. Wow, good job, me. We're sitting here talking about how like a 38-year-old is on pace for 25 goals, and we're we're sitting here talking about how oh he's washed, it's over, he sucks. Any team takes a 25 goal score. Yeah, but, well, any team. It, right. But <laughs> if you just say 25 goals, but you're talking about someone who literally does not give a bleep about five on five. Like Offensively, Why did you just bleep yourself, huh? Why did you just censor yourself as if we don't swear on Fuck this podcast? Who cares, Jake? It was just weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care, but it was weird. I don't know, I've been getting yelled at for, at home from cursing in front of the kids, so I'm, I'm trying, but I'm not doing a good job of it. But of course, when they're asleep or not around, I mean, I just was... get that muscle memory going. I'm I'm happy with it. Okay. There is one thing I want to bring up by the cap about the caps uh, and the Metro division overall, uh, before we leave the subject, they are in a playoff spot right now, but lingering with a plus 12 goal differential to the Capitals current minus five goal differential is the Pittsburgh Penguins who have won four games in a row now sitting seven, six and zero, Yeah. And a couple of wins away from just like, completely erasing all of that what's wrong with the penguins conversation that was there going was on never anything future? wrong with them is the thing there was definitely yeah, there was some hysteria really there was some hysteria i know there was yeah but from like, hockey their metrics were so solid yeah they'll they're gonna be fine i mean they got riley smith they were they're they gonna be fine me. <laughs> the one who has it yet is vancouver and I'm I'm just sitting here being Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with this. It's gonna happen for a little while longer, but like we're as Anaheim's far away in that from, playoff spot. <laughs> we're as far away from the playoffs almost as we can possibly be. Like so, 
Don't worry about it lasting until then. This because... is so funny. No, uh, oh, in terms of the, the play, bottom no. three like, in the Western Conference is San Jose, Edmonton, Calgary. But like <laughs> Calgary's brutal. Vancouver's Peter has gone on so long. Like they're in. All they have to do is play 500 hockey the rest of the season, and they're in. I mean, I can totally see them not doing that. Uh, so could I. But like but... this bender has gone on so long. And you just keep waiting for it to end. Like, even against Montreal, they played a 50-50 game and won 5-2. The really they funny have the thing best about goal Vancouver, differential in the NHL. Jesus Christ, they have a plus 33? Yeah, yes. it's insane. The, they have the, eight more goals scored than any other team in the, the league. The reason that I think Vancouver's going to do it is because if you look at the Pacific, look at who's behind them and who has a legitimate chance of knocking them out. The teams behind them, LA notwithstanding, because they're also in a playoff spot, so it doesn't knock Vancouver out of a playoff spot. Anaheim, which, like, they're in wildcard one right now. Do we believe they're going to oust Vancouver no, from the playoff no, spot? No, 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 no. Seattle, who's off to a real no. tough start. No, Vancouver's just better than Seattle. Calgary, who no. like no, no, everything's no, 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 going no, no, no. wrong. No, 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 no. Edmonton, who just fired their coach. Maybe. Maybe. Talk to me in a month. And San Jose, who might be the worst team in the history of the NHL. They got a chance. San no. Jose? Yeah. No, no. I'm, so no, like, I'm just Vancouver, lying. I'm Vancouver just straight up lying. is primed. To surprise everyone right now because they're competent the competition behind them also sucks. Oh my god, right. like uh looking at the league standings, this is an Vancouver's unbelievable making stat. the playoffs, guys. Like I'm staking yeah. my claim right no, no, now. They're they're in. Oh yeah, they're in. No, they're I in. Mean, they're in. They just until until Pedersen and Hughes both get injured and no one is games. knocking them off right now. That division is so bad. Go ahead, Alex. You might be saying the same thing I'm about to say. Stat of the day, stat of the day. This is the stat of the day. All right, you're welcome. Um, yeah, Vancouver, they're scoring on 25% of their rush chances. Not their shots. If they get a rush opportunity, one out of four of them end up in the back of the net. That's insane. Like the next closest team is at like 9%. I think that probably doesn't include opportunities that don't result in a shot attempt. No, 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 it does. Mike, like Mike Kelly was like talking about the insane heater they're on. And that was the thing. He's like, no, if they have like a breakout and a rush opportunity, one out of four times, it ends up in the net. And he specifically said, I'm not talking shots on goal. I'm talking opportunities. Okay. But I said shot attempts. I was about to say that that doesn't include shots on goal. So shooting 25% of shot attempts is still insane. Do you want to hear a funnier stat? Arguably. I'll I'll uh, bring up the rear in terms of stat of the day. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, the team who is second in the league at five on five shooting percentage, one and one two three four five six seventh in the league in PDO at five on five. Vegas. Keep guessing. Anaheim. Keep guessing. Ottawa. Toronto. Alex got it. Of course, I did. And it is 15th out of 16 Ottawa Senators. They have the second highest five on five shooting percentage in the league and still can't fucking win a game. And they're because tied for last in the Eastern trash. Conference. And by can't win a game, I mean they've won six games, but like <laughs> they're in They're 15th tied for last in the, in the Eastern conference. conference. Because they literally. They also have two games goal. at hand on last place Columbus, but like that that's blows. so funny. They're being like, they're, that high in shooting percentage in PDO and being the second worst team in your conference that like that's that's impressive. Jake Sanderson yeah. was supposed to be this like shut down defenseman who could also provide offense. He's been amazing offensively and an absolute sieve defensively. You cannot like their entire so defense strange. is Brandon Montours and then Artem Zub. Like you can't do that in the NHL. I mean. Shabbat's also on LTIR now. But when he's in the lineup, he's not good defensively. No, he's really he's not. not. Like, you just you can't do that. You need They got Travis who... Hamannick, though. They locked him up to a multi-year extension. I feel that bad was... for Claude Giroux. 
I don't. rather I rather I want to feel bad for Claude Giroux, mm-hmm. but dude, I would have I would have also taken six million dollars and <laughs> wiped my hands clean. Dude got paid. Yeah, good for him. I mean, his he's other still playing offer, well. One year, one million from the Panthers. He probably had other offers, but no, that was it. It came down to us and them. Like nobody else called him and said, "I'll give There's you." There's no way five. that Philadelphia didn't offer him something. No, Philadelphia. I kind of doubt Philadelphia would have. Actually, like, yeah, you know what? Because Chuck Fletcher sucked back then. Like and he still does, but he's not the GM anymore. Yeah, Philly was ready like, to move on, and he didn't uh, want to go. Like if you, I just don't buy that Cup, the Red Wings the were like. I just don't buy that the Red Wings were like, Claude Giroux, no thanks. We want Andrew Cobb. That's who we well, really want. I just don't buy that. Like, and there's some. You might teams. be right, but he was only ta- he, he either wanted right. to chase the That's what the we're Panthers. talking about. That's what we're talking about. Right. Those were what the options that he was considering. Because Fair. Ottawa just outbid everybody. Yeah. If he was like, I really don't want to go to Ottawa, he could have taken a million dollars less to play somewhere else. I'm pretty sure. Well, he, I mean, there was no reason to go anywhere other than Florida, considering he liked it here and they were a president's trophy team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where I'm just talking about a weird hypothetical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He wanted to the money, but also he was allergic to Ottawa. (laughs) It's very stupid. Um, Anybody want to talk about any? Oh, I'll give you my weird stat. Uh, so the the Los Angeles Kings, who are right behind, yeah, right behind the Vancouver Canucks in the Pacific Division, are one three and three, and seven zero and zero at home and away. They're one three and three at home. That's ridiculous. And seven and zero on the road. Yeah, well, you know something fluky will happen just like last year. Yeah, I mean, they didn't play well in that game last year, but also it was very chaotic, to put it that way. Yeah, St. Laurent, Francois St. Laurent. Just let him show up in San Jose, because if we lose to San Jose, at least it will be funny. <laughs> but but like Jacob said, like anyone can lose to San Jose now. The funniest thing that could happen already happened. It the did. only way it would have been funnier if it had been their first win of the year. Yeah. But Philly giving them their first win of the year is also funny. Yeah. Especially you know, since Torch shots were 39-19. You know, Torch did not like that one. Um, anything else throughout the rest of the league that I want to comment on? Uh yeah, I still think the stars are gonna win the cup. I don't know I'm if I mentioned believing that more and more that the Panthers are gonna make it all the way this year. It's very possible. Uh I just like this the way the stars have played. I think they're deeper. Uh, I like their higher end defenseman better for sure. And by that, I really just mean Miro Heiskanen because the other higher end defensemen that they have are pretty comparable to the Panthers. And go ahead. I I know what we can briefly talk about entertainment purposes only. Um, A $20 bet on Alexander Barkov to win the heart would pay $4,020 on hard rock. According to the Hard Rock Sportsbook. Yeah, as I've already, hey, Alex, kind of already talked about. Can I give about, you a hundred bucks real quick? Entertainment purposes only. I, I'm really Hold entertained on. What, what by are the seals. On? Twenty bucks payout pays out forty two hundred dollars. Four thousand, and out then $4, your stake. Four thousand oh. and your stake, which is twenty. So four thousand so twenty. Two hundred to one. Two hundred to one. Yeah. So if I give you a hundred bucks and he wins the heart, it's twenty thousand dollars. That'd be correct. And you can you can make an account and make it your uh, no sweat first bet, so you get a free hundred dollar bet if he does not win. That the actually heart. doesn't work that way. Don't don't. Oh do yeah, that. yeah. The bet it has needs to... to be a bet that it needs to be a a game that plays in the first seven days. Ah uh, yeah. So I think the seven days have passed anyway. But when you get a new well, account, no, you, you would still, still... You, you still get it. I'm saying you get seven days from. Your, when you create your account to do your no no sweat first bet or whatever, or no regrets first bet. So if it, if it, but it has to like you have to place the bet and the and the event has to happen. So if you bet a future, it doesn't count, and you actually don't get a first bet. So make sure your first bet, entertainment purposes only on the Hard Rock Bet app, is a game that's going to end in seven days from when you make your account. Nice. Um, I'm going to annoy Josh Appel for approximately 10 seconds. Um, Lucas Carlson got a hat trick for the Jackets. How about that? 
No, but he got it back. I know, but we had to do. We had to had to go through the yeah. whole machination. Yeah, we. So had what to. I'm hearing is Lucas Carlson had a four goal game and one goal was taken away. <laughs> no, he had a three goal game. Then it was he taken had a three away goal game, and it was briefly a two goal game. But then they gave him back the third goal. Um, it's a little weird that Mackie Samuskevich still doesn't have a goal. That's the last thing I'll say about the checkers because uh, Spencer Knight is just like. He's just keep he keeps trucking, you know. He's got that like nine twenty, nine thirty, something like that. I don't know. I, I I would I would hope by the end of the year he is back with the team. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Either of you guys want to go to something else around the league? I know what I want to end with. Kind of a funny thing. Um, no, I don't really have any. Oh wait, uh, the Oilers uh, with the hiring of Chris Knobloch, by the way. Uh, oh, have this hired- is great. This is great. Have, have now hired what was it four or five consecutive coaches uh with a with a penis reference in their name because count, counting backwards from knoblock it's chris knoblock who replaced jay woodcroft who replaced dave tip dave tippet who replaced ken hitchcock <laughs> oh we're children uh, Ken Holland and Peter Shirelli should never set foot in an NHL front office again. Hey, he might go to Ottawa. Who, Holland or Shirelli? Shirelli. Shirelli. Oh my God. Burn anyway, the doors uh, down for Brady Kachuk if that happens. Although, no, because Brady Kachuk is definitely be, a Shirelli type of player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so the last thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, did either of you see Radko Gudis's goal? Yes. Sunday night. No, not the- yet. Yes. Go go check this out. It's just a filthy toe drag snipe by Radko Gudis. I didn't know he had it in him. A fucking it was- what? Yeah, you got to yes, go look it up. It. You got to see it. it. It's unbelievable. Just Radko Gudis on, on Radko Twitter. Radko Gudis' like- goal versus Sharks. You don't even need got- to. Just oh, it was Radko against the Gudis. Sharks? It's going to come up. Well, of it's course, so I good. could score a nasty toe drag snipe against the Sharks. No, you could I, not, but I, it was, it was it's like, uh, what's the guy's name for the Rangers? Malik that went between his legs. Oh, Merrick, Merrick Malik. Malik. Merrick Malik, yeah. Uh, speaking of Rangers shootout goals, did you guys see his Lafreniere shootout goal from what last night? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Jake. <laughs> Was my description of that goal accurate for the listeners who haven't no, seen it? <laughs> not even a little bit. But it was so much better. I, did he score that over Mike Hoffman? It's very possible. I do feel bad for uh, Blackwood because there's just he just definitely didn't see that. And how could he have? Like, why would he expect the pop fly? That doesn't happen in the NHL yeah. game. I'm pretty sure that that went off Mike Hoffman's stick. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. that says 68. Yeah. I've had that happen to me. It's such a helpless That's feeling. brutal, dude. It sucks. Oh, my goodness. Because you just don't know where the puck went. Like, you don't anticipate the puck going sky high. So you're looking left, you're looking right, and all of a sudden it's landing behind you. I can't stop watching this. It's, so it's amazing. Because this is an audio medium, I implore everybody to go search Brad Kuguda's goal versus Sharks and go check it out for yourself. Um, and also, yeah. when you're done with that, look at the Alexis Lafrenia goal in the shootout last night because that was nasty as well. And after he scored two goals in the game. Man, the power of the fucking purple jerseys. Yeah. I mean, Holy you gotta remember- shit. Ratko Gudis arguably has the hardest consistency so shot in the NHL other than Ovi. Like he's consistently clocked at 100 miles an hour. All right, game. let's let's settle down there. He wasn't taking of that's not what he did here. Yeah, that's not what happened. Well, he no, it was a slap shot that got the. It was not a hard slap shot. He didn't. He didn't like fully. He didn't shot. do a full wind up on that. Like you can tell that that was not. A full yeah. force shot initially. My goodness! Oh, Frank Vetrano was on the ice for that too. A lot, a lot of former Panthers involved here. Uh, so rate us five stars on America's funniest home videos. But submit A-F-H-V. the Radko Gudis goal. Submit the Radko Gudis filthy toe drag snipe. <laughs> oh my I know God. I will. 
That's and, so uh, we, funny, dude. We may not be back next week. Uh, hopefully we are. You know, we love to pod together and for all of you. But in case we're not, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And go Panthers. And happy Thanksgiving, guys. We appreciate you all. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you.